and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. Uh, as always, you're listening to me, Rick, and over the course of the next hour and a half to two hours, you'll also be listening to Paula. Hello. And Alex. Hello. Unfortunately, you did miss him just before the recording, going, fuck's sake, I, I swear I pressed start and it wasn't. <laughs> Sometimes tech doesn't um, want to work. <laughs> but for the next main chunk of the podcast, you're going to be listening to me because in our regular beaten and retired game segments, uh, I'm the only person to have posted anything. Uh, we'll hear some more from the others when we get to what we're playing. Um, and again, when we get to this week's topic, which is going to be us mostly sight unseen looking through collections, which is a, a relatively new feature on the site, and specifically some collections that friend of the podcast, R2D2 1999, has made about us. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, and what will also be interesting is the new dawn, this being a brand new round of the new format of the game we all like to call How Long, How long to, be to Be The Game. The game. <laughs> That's the one. So three games, well, three completions. And the first one's a bit of a cheat because you can't really complete it. But as far as I'm concerned, I've completed it. Um, and this, this is a game called Super UFO Fighter. Um, it is a little co-op game on Steam. Uh, and basically, it's a little bit like part-time UFO, but if it was a, a competitive multiplayer title. And it, I say competitive loosely because it's a very bare-bones game. And I might not have bothered getting it if I'd realized just how bare-bones it was going to be before I jumped in. It's single screen. You have a pot on either side, and you are fighting to collect the item that will earn you a point. First of three points wins. Each UFO has a tractor beam and a attack that stuns your opponents. Um, it's broken as hell. There's like three characters at the start, and one of them is objectively better than the other two because they have a better punch and a more powerful tractor beam. Um, but I played this on Steam Remote Play with my little brother, and we noodled about with it for half an hour and had lots and lots of fun. Um, is it worth like 10, 12 pounds for, for what it offers? I don't think so. Really do not think so. Uh, there's almost nothing there. But if you can get it on deep discount, which I did, this is a game I picked up in the latest Steam sale. Uh, there is a, a lot of fun to be had there. Um, but I think expectations probably need to be tempered in terms of what you're getting. Because the package is, you know, I can't emphasize enough, really, really thin. Um, second game I played um, is Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights on the Nintendo Switch. This is an interesting Metroidvania. Um, and to give you some context of, of where we're going to land on this, I gave this a 7 out of 10 as a Metroidvania. So um, a difficult landscape for this one to come into. Um, and it's a weird one because I was definitely gripped by this game. It's basically all I've been playing uh, for the most of the last week from starting it to finishing it kind of thing. But the game is flawed in a lot of ways. Um, I know I spoke briefly about it last week and talked about the only Dark Souls influence being um, the fact that you have a finite number of health revives and they... Um, along with all the enemies respawn when you go to a save point. The other thing that it seems to share with Souls-like, so I'm, I'm saying this is someone who's never really played a Souls-like, the bosses and the enemies generally are pretty brutal, and it only takes a couple of hits to decimate your health bar. Now, you might see that as a pro or a con. I don't necessarily have a, a, a 
a value judgment on that either way. It's just the way that it's set up. Uh, what I did find immensely frustrating in the context of that system is that you have almost no iframes um, and you also have no way of cancelling out of attacks. So as I understand it from Soulsborns, you can dodge roll cancel just about any move. And you know, if I'm wrong on that, depends on the game, but a lot of them do that. Yeah. A lot of them do that. Okay. Um, Enderly doesn't do that. And it's the kind of game that you would expect would let you do that because the whole conceit is that you are this little sort of innocent girl in a strange, strange world. And the attacks are all spirits that you're summoning. So you would think that once you've pressed the attack button, actually you'd be able to move freely while whatever you're happening, whatever you've initiated happens. That's not the way it works. And many a time, both in, in general movement and also in um, sort of boss fights, I have found myself dying to what felt like unfair situations because it's the kind of thing that intuitively you feel you should have been able to cancel and dodge out of. It might be personal preference, might just be me, uh, but that that's where I landed on that. Um, a few other sort of design gripes as well. The map system is pretty lackluster. Um, I found it quite difficult to pass where I was going without consulting a guide at parts. Um, you can't change your weapons or your equipment anywhere except save points which is needlessly frustrating. Uh, and a lot of weapons have like limited uses between save points. That I don't mind so much, but in conjunction with not being able to change things around, um, it, it really did stifle um, the, the, the creativity. It made me very hesitant to, to muck around and try new moves unless I was confident I was going to have a use for them. And the game does give you a lot of optional um, attacks, not quite on the same level um, as a, a Dawn of Sorrow or an Order of Ecclesia. Games that this did in a lot of respects remind me of. Um, but it does give you plenty of options. And if you could switch those around on the fly in some way, I think I would have probably enjoyed the game a lot more. I've had more to mess around with. Um, outside of that, there is, there's a really interesting, like light touch story going on behind the gameplay. Um, the atmosphere that the game builds is fantastic. Got this beautiful sort of painted gothic art style, a story about blight and corruption um, of all kinds, and a pretty healthy runtime. There's a a, a, a non-canon sort of early end you can trigger around the eight-hour mark, but if you want one of the proper endings, you're looking at easily sort of 14 to 16 hours of game here, and I think for the most part that is 14 to 16 hours of good game. Um, it does a reasonable job of of giving you um, well-spaced out, consistent upgrades both to um, your character and to their moveset in terms of uh, traversal abilities, unlockables, stuff like that. Um, fast travel is unlocked from the word go and map issues notwithstanding, it does encourage exploration in that way. There was something about it that didn't come together as a package. Um, and there, particularly in the middle, there's a, a real sort of lull um, between sort of the early stage of getting to grips with the systems and learning it and the late game of getting a bit more powerful, getting a bit more to grips with everything and um, having a bit of momentum towards the finale. 
Uh, I did very nearly retire at about the six hour mark. And while I enjoyed the rest of my time with it, I'm glad I finished it. Um, I think that's a problem. And I spent most of the rest of the game trying to work out why I wasn't having more fun, which is never a mood that you want the game to evoke because that, <laughs> that that's anathema to what a game should be doing for you. So an interesting one all around um maybe one that people who like soulsborne type things maybe people who've played salt and satry um and it's ilk would get more of a kick out of rather than straight metroidvania fans um but i think on balance i did have a good time is this one that either of you guys have seen is it one any of you considered or i haven't considered any for a long time Mm -hmm. I mean, because Aaron like said, "Hey, this looks right up your alley," and I'm like, "Well, I'll wait for a sale for this one because mm. it's still on the higher end price, at least in in the game singular." Yeah, yeah. So I think it retails. Sorry, go. On. Oh no, I just uh, you, you can add to it. Yeah, it does retail pretty high, but I think um like for an indie game at least, I think I, I've seen this one for quite a while, but I always just I don't know. Whenever I looked at it, it always just didn't seem to really impress me all that much like it looked a little generic kind of like do you know what i mean like it just was sort of i was like uh yeah i've seen this game you know what i mean like it's that sort of feeling where you're like uh i think i've seen this and it sounds like from what you've said it sort of is confirming my suspicions a little bit where it's like sure it's fun but just that within the sea of metroidvanias and souls likes it's like well there's just much better experiences on both ends that i haven't played yet so I wouldn't. I wouldn't say never. It doesn't really. It doesn't really stack up to its genre peers, and that is a difficult one. It's an interesting yeah. one because it did have a lot of hype around it when it launched, at least again within the indie scene sort of thing. And I, I think I got it for about a third off digitally, but that that's the only reason I pulled the trigger. Um, and I, I think maybe maybe the pure vibes have elevated what people thought of that game on release uh, because yeah. I don't think it necessarily warrants. Um, some of the praise that it got, and it's certainly it doesn't wa warrant horrible criticism. It's a good game. Um, yeah. it's, it's just, just not a great game. I think this is one of those games that found its audience right away, um, and its audience loves it. You know what I mean? And like that's awesome mm. for the game. But then I don't know. I don't think this is like this punctured through to most gamers. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like it's an indie game, so it's got its audience, and its core audience loves. It. It's like with um. Uh, what was that one there? The deck one, the one that's tough. That's like Mega Man Battle Network. Oh, one step to Eden. One step to Eden, right? Like, there's a game that is a good game, and yet it's it's like you know a masterpiece to a very core following. And then for everyone else, it's like, mm. what the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like, it's like that kind of thing where it's like not bad at all. Well done, good stuff. It's just that. Probably not for everybody. No, I mean the, the the interesting bit of trivia is that the uh, the developers AdGlobe their next release was a strategy RPG called Redemption Reapers, and it did not land. No, that's what I mean. Like, like not I, well at all. I think there's like an audience for this that really loves it, and then it. I don't know if that's because of the strength of their like development, or if that's simply because people really want these types of games. You know what I mean? It's like there's probably a mm. mixture of both in there. Yeah, I think so. Nevertheless, good, not great. I think 
the vibes probably do elevate it a little bit. Um, the music's really good as well, just before I move on. Um, there's a lot of sort of... Um, diegetics the one where it's in, like, sound that's in the world, isn't it, rather than yeah. orchestras, maybe. A lot of good diegetic sound, as well as, like, um, really gentle, subtle, non-diegetic music. That stood out to me at quite a few points playing the game. Um, in a fact, in the least. Anyway, uh, the last game I completed, I'm not going to talk too much about because I know, Pally, you yeah, are playing it, it and Alex week. is going to be <laughs> playing it. Uh, yeah. But I did beat The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog this week. Um, if anyone's got 90 minutes and wants to play it ahead of our discussion, it's a free, brilliant little April Fool's game. Uh, I shall say no more for now. Um, and instead, I'm going to roll through into retirements this week, and I have two. Um, the first of those is a game called Samurai Bringer. Uh, this is a game I picked up on a whim um, on the the latest Steam sale. It is a roguelike from an isometric perspective with a, a weird sort of voxel-style art. And the concept is you, you play a Susanna um the 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 shinto god um who has uh been slain and and had his betrothed taken if i remember correctly um and so his sister amaterasu um brings him back to life weak and says you have to sort of fight and rebuild yourself and and you know become who you're supposed to be it's all fluff for a very conventional sort of hack and slash roguelike type thing um the game wasn't without its merits uh but it also had a lot of significant flaws firstly the aspect ratio was hella weird um it played in like a windows 1028 by 720 and that was the max resolution and this isn't an old game it came out like last year so that was red mark number one was the the setup was very very bizarre um beyond that the combat felt very floaty very thin not a lot to it um it has this combo building system where you pick up slices and thrusts and backstabs and then ranged moves and other things and you're supposed to just put them together um as your own move sets and and build your own move set up i don't necessarily think more guidance was needed but i think better guidance was needed because it, it spent a couple of minutes tutorializing that system and I felt no closer to understanding what was supposed to be happening with it. Um, you also have this system around equipment where things can be weapons, but also um, body armor. And that has effects on certain stats. There's probably some depth there. I didn't personally with the game far enough to find it. Um, one thing that I did find interesting, but not interesting enough to, to hold me, um, is that after you died a couple of times, there was like a hub that you'd go back to. And certain generals that you defeated on the way, you could start with their armor set and you would miss out on something else. But in return, you would get their armor and certain special moves as a tie-in. Um, it felt like a few thin ideas sort of cobbled together around a very generic game. And I think I played it for maybe an hour and a half. Mm. Didn't move me, didn't rock my world, wasn't, wasn't holding me. Um, and neither, unfortunately, was my second retirement, which is Blaster Master Zero for 3DS. And I think this is more a me thing than the game thing. Um, but it might slightly be the game thing. 
I got to area five of nine and I was basically doing the same thing that I did in area one, which is trundle around, find the zone, fight relatively boring top-down fights as as the, the pilot Jason and then go back and do some kind of boring um, tank movement traversal combatty stuff. Um, just felt a bit thin and at the time I was neck deep in Ender Lilies so Honestly, didn't necessarily want to crack on. Many people actually beat this game. Like I, I played Blast Mars Zero as well and I really liked it. Uh, but I retired it too. Like I didn't finish the game. Um, mm. I just don't think, I think like you said, I don't think it actually has like strong lasting power because it is based off of, you know, a NES game. Um, and it basically is the like the NES game, right? Like with, with modern updates and whatnot, but at the same time, mm. fundamentally not that much has changed. Um, and I do think that, like you said, the loop, unless you really love it, it gets a little bit stale. Um, it's also the best out of all the the ones they've made. Like it, I, apparently, from what I understand, the second one is like significantly worse even than the, than the oh. first one, and that it just it just goes downhill. Like it's like they don't they didn't really innovate, and when they did, it like didn't work super well. And I mean, you know, take don't you know try them yourselves if you want. Like I obviously haven't played those other ones. I think I maybe played part of the second one. Um, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, from from all that I've heard, it's just like that first one was kind of the most fun, and then it just sort of slipped from there. And so if you're not if you're not digging that first one, you're probably good to skip the rest. <laughs> yeah, I I think they could have stood to throw a bit more at you a bit earlier. Because the the core loop you, you have your handles on pretty early. But you get to <coughs> excuse me. You get to area five and actually the only thing that's really changed is you've got a hover or a multi jump. Yeah. And, you know, I've been playing the game for three hours at that point. I'm pretty confident I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think I think you could give me a little bit more. You could let me off the leash a little bit. And also the map the map design wasn't fantastic either. And particularly on the 3DS, if they put the map on the other screen, that might have alleviated it a little bit. Um, the, other, the other thing I have to say did put me off a little bit is um, finding out, having skipped quite a few bits going between area one and four, that the only way to get the good end is to 100% the game. Yeah. Which, hey, to my mind, is a bit of a no-no, actually. I'm not a fan of that. I think, you know, put a few extra requirements in my way, sure, but make me scour every bit of every single area. It's a bit excessive and a little bit discouraging. Especially ultimately. in the days of YouTube. For the love of God, if you're going to make me do that, there's no way I'm getting your end. I'm just going to go look it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Blaster Master Zero, all endings. Well, I would never type that into YouTube search bar. Excuse Plus, you, sir. Honestly, I think that's part of the leftover from like, because they're, they're doing this balancing act, right? Of like, you know, honoring the NES version, which has lots of, you know, shit like that in it, right? Um, but then it's gets, you get to the point where it's just like, okay, guys, but this isn't the 80s anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're just, we're past that, right? Like, we just are. And it's like, if you want to keep them like that, that's totally fine. But I do think it makes people bounce off them a little bit, like, as you did. Uh, and as you did, anecdotally, yeah. Um, and that's that's all my retirements. Um, why don't you tell us about what you've been playing, Alex? Why don't sure. we roll into that yeah, in my voice tell around? You, tell you about the shit that I've been doing. Uh, I'm playing more Resident Evil 4. I'm still absolutely loving it. I'm quite a bit further in now. Like, uh, where am I at this point? How far in am I? In fact, 
Um, well, I can't. I actually don't remember how far in I am. I mean, it wouldn't matter to either of you because neither of you played this game, so it's <laughs> sort of irrelevant anyway. Um, it's nice but, that it's memorable, though. An experience yeah. that's lasted and stuck with you. Well, I just can't remember the exact point I'm at because you, re- you go back <laughs> to a few areas um, here and there. Okay. Uh, it's still it's a 10 out of 10 game it's just nothing it's 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 perfect i think i've rarely ever said that about a game this game's perfect like there's just okay there is so little i have to complain about with this um yeah there's just nothing like i i sort of talked about how like oh you know sometimes you might get locked off from a side quest but like okay like they're not even it's not like it's not like you have to do them to complete the game you know what i mean like they're not like locking away shit from you they're like no you have plenty of opportunities to get enough shit to unlock stuff that you want don't worry about it so i'm like cool nice um it's just really fun it's tight it looks great um it's a little less goofy than it used to be which you know fine um but it's super intense i just got through the there's this really famous section in this game where you're like locked in this cabin uh and there are just hordes of dudes coming at you. Um, and they nailed it in this one. So I was very pleased um, that it was quite enjoyable. And I have to say, the new weapon, that bolt thrower, God, I've been loving that bolt thrower. It's just like you can pick up the the bolts after you use them. And it is so much fun to use. Because it's a bit slower, but it also has this really weighty like to it when you use it. And uh, it just feels satisfying to just fucking bolt a couple dudes in the head as you're going along. Uh, and then pick up your shit again because you're like, oh, finally, I don't have to like waste all my ammo. Um, so anyway, it's fantastic. I love it. I am looking forward to playing more of it. In fact, this is keeping me from playing it. So damn you, podcast. <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, uh, in terms of other games that I'm playing, I actually picked up Vampire Survivors. It was on sale. And honestly, I think you could pick this game up even if it's not on sale. It's like five bucks. Um, so, I think it's on Game Pass. Vampire Survivors? Probably. But I want to play it on my Steam Deck. And I didn't want to do a cloud um, version. Also, okay. to be real here, I'm happy to give $3 to this <laughs> attempt. To, do you know what I'm saying? Like, It's like one of those games where I was like, sure, I could go play this on Game Pass for free. Or it's $3. So like, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where I was like, it's fine. Um you know, I I, f- I think most people have played this at this point. I don't th- I don't know if either of you have, but it's a uh, it's one of those swarm endless. Uh, I've heard people calling it reverse. Um. Um. Oh no, God! Can you tell I played a bunch of games today? My brain is so fried. I was playing tabletop games. My like head is broken. Uh. God damn it! The shooter games. What are those called? The top down ones with the bullet house. Oh, yeah, reverse bullet, hell, okay. bullet hell kind of thing where you're the bullet hell, but I think that's a dumb name. Um, so <laughs> um, it's it's just like there's got to be a better name for this because I've played a few. I remember in the demo I play like when we were doing Steam Fest things, there was like one of these ones where it's like you walk around and you get upgrades, right? So it's a roguelike um, wherein you have like some kind of weapon that's infinitely going. Um, sometimes it's directional, but then as you kill people, you pick up kind of XP, and then when you level up, you get a new thing that adds on. And so you just have these waves of enemies coming at you. And really all you're doing is moving away from them um, and trying to gather all the experience that they drop so that you can upgrade Mm -hmm. your stuff. And then you're trying to figure out synergies and whatnot to like really uh, get your shit going. It is the perfect 
podcast game or like TV show game. It's fucking perfect because it really doesn't require that much of your attention, but it's also not mindless entirely because you really do have to be dodging shit because if they touch you, you don't even lose health and shit. So it's not like, for example, you know, I love Loop Hero to death, but Loop Hero is like very much an idle game in a lot of ways where like you're, which is on Game Pass now, by the way, actually, everyone should go play Loop Hero. It's really good. They gave it away for free on Epic as well. Did they? Oh, there you go. Well, if you have it, you should play oh, it. I've got it. Maybe yeah. that's what'll be my, uh, maybe that's the next, uh, how long to beat the game game. Um, that'd be a good one, actually, because you don't have to beat it. You can just play it. <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. And Paolo can play because it, it's on Game Pass and it, it will work on everything. That might be it then. Tune in next time. After we all still need to play Moonscar. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there eventually. We will. Um, actually, once I beat Resident Evil 4, I'm going to play it on my uh, TV. But uh, anyway, because um, I actually do want to play that game in general. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway, Vampire Survivors is really fun. And like the nice thing with it is that like as you you know beat, uh, you know you get through a round, you get gold, and then you can buy like permanent upgrades. Uh, which just make you a little bit stronger, or you can buy new characters and stuff. It's fun. I see myself playing it a fair bit. I think um, I think Jimquisition did a lot of the writing for this one, actually, like a lot of the lore writing. I think how it was some of the some of the lore writing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it's they're pretty good, actually. I was like, look at the lore stuff. It's pretty funny. So I'm like, nice. Uh, it just seems like it's a game that like knows exactly what it's supposed to do, and it does it perfectly. You know, um, mm. and it's not like microtransactioned. You know what I mean? There's none of that shit. It's five bucks for like infinite playing. And I was like... I think there's DLC coming with more characters as well. Well, there's D- there is DLC now. That's why it was on oh. sale. Um, ah. So I was like, well, that's fine. I'll just buy the game. Um, and the DLC is also cheap as shit. It's like a few bucks. Um, which I'm like, bravo to you. I don't know who made this. Good work overall. Because uh, good, good game. Um, it's an interesting one. I, slight tangent. It's someone who used to work in the gambling industry. Oh, and they've been pretty upfront about like a lot of the things that we would do to like tick those dopamine boxes and, and reward people and incentivize people to keep playing. I've basically just done those again. Yeah, except this time, not nickel and diamond, folks. Which <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, I see. That's what I mean. We had this conversation the other day, right? I'm fine with that. I want my games to make me feel good, as long as they're not trying to pull money out of me. You know, one buy mm. and then make me feel really good. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm fine. The dream. Right, hit those dopamine sensors. That is a okay by me. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So anyway, yeah, um, playing that. I'm playing it all on my Steam Deck. It's perfect on Steam Deck. Like it's fucking, it's so perfect for it. You know, you just sit there watching, watching The Simpsons or some shit. Are we watching actually the show Beef, which people should watch? Very good. Do you know what? I, I'm halfway through the first episode, nice. and I'm. I, it does it get better because I, I was kind of oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we really, really, really liked it. Um, I do think it. It. it falls into a little bit of an a24 trap in one of its last sort of episodes but i think it's very good like throughout all of it like and it, it certainly picks up quite a bit like that first episode okay. like sort of establishes things and then things go kind of wild in there it's from uh, okay yeah it's quite good i liked it a lot um we binged the shit out of that um so anyway i was playing vampire survivors through a fair bit of it and it was great <laughs> um the other game that i've been playing a ton though i'm like much further into marvel's midnight suns right now and like mm-hmm. everything that I said last week continues to hold now. Uh, this is an Alex game through and fucking through. I love this thing. It is just super goddamn fun. Um, super freaking polished. Like I've run into zero issues. 
Um, looks great. The voice acting's excellent. The hunters even kind of growing on me, and they're they're changing a little bit as we're going along. Introducing tons of heroes, but they've also done a good job, right? Where like you aren't overloaded with heroes in this. Like they've been very careful to select a kind of grouping of heroes so that those heroes can have a lot of personality and can actually interact with one another and with you. And like personalities clash, right? Like you've got Avengers, Midnight Suns, X-Men, like all these people like living within an area and they tend to clash a little bit. And so there's a lot of this like helping them out. But then you do things like, you know, I'm in a book club with Blade, Captain America and Captain Marvel. It's great. <laughs> so they have like those like kind of like hangout things. Like they have clubs and stuff that you go through and they go through issues and stuff. And I actually think like, it's just very, they very intelligently did this where it's like for, you know, for instance, like Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, right? Like those games are just like, here's every single hero. They don't really talk to each other, you know? Like there's maybe a few cutscenes here and there, but like, let's be real. It's just kind of like, here's everybody, yeah. which is an approach. But when you your favorite characters, it's a different, it's a different aim. Exactly, exactly, right? Um, which, you know, it's a whole different thing um, and probably harder to do very well. But um, the... Uh, it's just much easier or maybe not much easier, but it feels better when you have sort of this more. And, and to be fair, there's still a lot of heroes in this game, right? Like it's not like there's only like four or five. It's like, there are quite a few and I haven't even unlocked them all yet. Um, but I think they've very wisely um, limited the amount of them so that you at least play with everybody. Like that's what I've noticed is that thanks to the kind of original missions and whatnot, and, you know, there are different things where you can kind of, like, send your hero off on a hero op, but then you can't use them in your next mission. Like, they do a lot of really smart stuff to, like, force you to use everybody. And some story missions are going to require you to use certain characters. And I really like that. Like, I think it's... Um, it, it's a much smarter way of doing a strategy RPG because it requires you to actually play with those characters. And obviously there's no like permadeath in this, but instead, you know, your heroes can get injured, right? And then you're probably going to want to let them rest instead of using them in the next uh, battle. So now you're going to want to use someone else. Like you could technically use them, but they're going to have issues, right? They're going to have debuffs. They're going to have like one of their cards might not get drawn. It might be an injury instead. You have to like redraw it and stuff. So it, they really incentivize you to be like, oh, you know, if your hero is injured, actually, you can put them in this like, you know, healing area and they'll get a buff the next time. So why don't you just leave them alone? Like they do all this stuff to like, kind of incentivize you to keep heroes behind and to try different heroes and not just to stick to the same ones all the time, which to me is like this really nice sw swap up because I've, I, I just find that that's the biggest issue I've had in most SRPGs is that there's no reason not to take certain people, right? Like, it's just like, you're going to take this group because they're the most effective. So why would you take anyone else? Right. Um, and even if, you know, it's like, for example, you know, like when, when playing, like even in something like Triangle Strategy, there was like a, a case like this too, right? Where that one does a pretty good job of like getting you to kind of like, okay, select like this person and make sure you're using everybody so that they're like leveled up decently. Um, and you would kind of go and do like little level up missions later and that would kind of uh, help them out a little bit. But um, you only did that because you realized that you're crew is going to be split up later and you only realize that if you read ahead a little bit <laughs> which i did so they don't actually really tell you that that's a thing that's going to happen but so if you're playing triangle strategy by the way make sure that everybody is leveled up because it's gonna suck if you don't <laughs> um <laughs> uh but you know games like fire Emblem, for instance they don't encourage you to do that right like you you get your ones that you like and then you stick with them unless you're playing with the permadeath um and so that's a very different sort of system in general right it's, it's just different 
um, and part of the issue. Um, I don't know the answer to this, right? Because like, you know, with a game like that that has permadeath, which there are there are other games that do it as well. You know, you enter into the difficulty of like, okay, um, you want to keep this permadeath in it, but realistically, a lot of players will just not play like that because you've offered them a way not to play like that. Um, so it's kind of hard. I feel like you kind of have to like. I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? It's a little bit like both both sides suffer a tiny bit because of it. Um, mm. You know what I mean? Which is hard. Um, so when you get into this, what is kind of nice is that it's all kind of cohesive um, and there's really only one way to do things, right? Um, now, obviously you have a lot of um, variation and a lot of um, opportunities to kind of... Um, you know, make your team the way you want it to be because you have all these different cards and so you can upgrade certain ones and they have different synergies. And so you can decide like what kind of cards am I going to use and how are they going to attack and whatnot. And so no character is like limited to one type of position in your team, right? Um, and they don't have positions like in most SRPGs would because again, you're, you're playing as heroes, right? Who are ultimately much stronger than everyone they face except for obviously the the major villains um so in that sense your team makeup is like a lot different than what i've played in other uh strategy rpgs you can sometimes have healers um who can like buff and stuff too but like there's never anyone who's just gonna be solely that um and it does i think revolve a lot more around like environmental kills and this idea of like um throwback like forceful throwback because like they're so strong that they can like punch a dude you know like 10 feet away from them um and so mm. that kind of uh thing is actually a lot more what you're looking at like i find the 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 typical sort of um loop is very much like okay i have three cards that i can play right now which ones have quick right which ones can i play and then if i kill someone it, it comes back up which one can i use to say knock a guy to another guy to kill that guy um how can i set up my the enemies by like knocking them around so that i can use the environmental stuff to smash into them am i building enough of my heroic meter so that i can use my special attacks like et cetera, et cetera. right so like you're, you're going through all these things and you get like one move but then some heroes will let you have more than one move like all this kind of stuff so um yeah it's really about y- your positioning and then kind of the luck of the draw a little bit too but you don't even really have to rely on luck as much because if you build your decks really effectively that it doesn't matter what cards you draw you know that they're going to work well together um which is part of the kind of what i think is really interesting and the fact that they limit the amount of cards you can get to is it i think it's eight maybe ten Ooh, can't remember i think it's eight pretty damn sure it's eight because usually i have four attacks two defense and two specials but it could be more than that i just i'd have to double check i can't remember um but it's a small amount of cards it's not a lot um obviously then you 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 add that up for because you take three heroes um around so now you've got you know 24 more cards maybe 30 again can't remember but it adds up nicely um oh i think there's a plane going by you pal <laughs> it is that's a plane <laughs> it's a loud plane damn <laughs> yep they don't usually um, usually discord catches like the, it the discord usually doesn't catch them catch them because it's uh, very usual to have planes flying over here uh but this one did thank you discord and thank you plane <laughs> uh 
Um, oh, well, anyway, that's, uh, that's that. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much everything that I can think of, to be honest. Um, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I have much more to say about, uh, about those ones. I recommend all three. They're all bangers at this point. It's nice to be playing a bunch of bangers. (laughs) See, I'm not always bitter, you know, sometimes I'm not bitter. (laughs) Uh, go ahead, Paula. Why don't you tell us what you're what you're doing? So I'm still playing Kills Head No and Stainsgate and a Phantom there, but nothing like noteworthy has been happening on those three because I haven't been playing like a lot of them. But I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Scarlet. Actually, uh, I'm just trying to get my again uh, Dream Team onto my console because I've been also playing Pokemon Showdown to um, build up a team and plan around it and. The thing is, um, it is a little bit more difficult than I thought to get some of these Pokemon on Pokemon Scarlet, mainly because one of the Pokemon that I've been trying to make competitive is an Ampharos, which is a Gen 2 Pokemon, Marip's Evolution, all that good stuff. It's an electric type. The thing is, this Pokemon can learn by, um, as a neck move, the move um, Electroweb. Electroweb does, I don't remember what's the base damage of it, but it is a special attack that also lowers the opposite Pokemon speed, which is very good in this format because you want to do some speed control so you can move faster than the others. It is an egg move, which means you can only, only get it on the Pokemon by breeding or by using a special item that gets you like copy another Pokemon's move. The only uh, way to get um, this specific egg move, besides breeding, is getting it from a Terra Raid battle. A very specific Terra, Terra Raid battle like that, which I don't have access to anymore because once you've cleared the game you lose access to i think it was one two and maybe three stars terra battles the pokemon i was looking for to get a electro web into onto my ampharos was in those tiers which meant I could only get it via trading because I checked on my box with all my Pokemon and sadly I didn't catch anything with Electroweb. Luckily for me, very luckily for me, because I I would have uh, had to um, go sell the senses like I did with my Ditos. Um, one of the people at uh, the Pokemon community at my uni did have an Amarip with Electroweb, which I trade um, almost perfect IV uh, Mario with an item to evolve another Pokemon uh, in, in exchange for... I, I trade that for the uh, Amarip. And the only thing I had to do was just give a mirror earth to Ampharos. I only have Electroweb on the Marip on, and put him on a picnic and then Ampharos had uh, learned the, the egg move. 
getting the mirror earth was a pain in the ass too because um i had to uh, go to a specific city because not all deliver presents which is one of the stores of the on, on this pokemon game have the items so i have to look for the specific shop that had the item in the specific city and then had to follow a very poorly written um what's the name of it very very poorly written directions to get to it because i had no idea where how to get to it in the end i have my fully trained ampharos with electrolyte and also i had to do a lot of grinding because i needed 50 theta charts to change its Terra type to um, to grass type because I wanted a Ampharos with a grass type Terra type, and it usually carries the electric type um, Terra. So that was an adventure just to get this one Pokemon, which, by the way, it is a shiny Ampharos because I did some shiny hunting the other day and got that shiny Marip, and I was so fucking happy because. I love shiny Ampharos, and I had one on Pokemon X, but for some reason I didn't transfer it to Pokemon, what's the name, Pokemon Bank before resetting the game, so I lost my shiny, and now it is back, and I'm happy. And the this specific Pokemon plus another one, I kind of like quote-unquote troll Pokemon in this format because Ampharos is like very rarely used. I think it's in the poorly used tier on Smogon, on Pokemon Showdown, which means no one uses Ampharos because why would you have in so many other options as that are completely broken? I like Ampharos, so I made it work, which meant giving it um, Electrolyte for a speed control then i give it a dragon pulse and thunderbolt and then Terrablast. Terrablast is a move introduced in this game which it can be a special or physical move depending on the highest um stat of your pokemon so if your pokemon is a special attacker then the um Terrablast is going to be a special move, and if your Pokemon is a physical attacker, then it is a physical attacking move. Which is very nice, because now any Pokemon can have, um, I think it's a 70 base power move, which is kind of nice, that serves as coverage as to anything you want at this point. So, why did I give Ampharos the, the, the Grass type as a Terra type? Well, because it resists ground, which is the only uh, weakness that electric types have. It is unexpected. And also, the, the thing that I ran, I ran across a lot of times was, um, what's the name of this? Well, the Mongarchomp, which is, which is a dragon ground type. So what I usually do is terra type my Ampharos to grass type. So Earthquake doesn't kill it. And then nearly one hit KO the Garchomp with Dragon Balls because it is weak to it. 
which is a very specific strategy, but it works every fucking time. It also it is also a good um coverage to one of the Rhinos Pokemon. Um the one that is dark ground because it pretty much counters it. I think the grass sorry, the dark uh ground one. I don't remember which stat it lowers, but I think it doesn't affect Ampharos. Or does it? I don't remember. The the thing is Ampharos counters it. And I'm so fucking happy about it. The other troll Pokemon that I'm running is an Arcanine, which don't get me wrong, Arcanine gets played a lot as a physical attacker. Mine is a special attacker, which is kind of support because it grants Intimidate and Star to lower the attack and special attack of opposing Pokemon. So anything in my team can, can tank a hit after that. And it runs a Terra type ground because each time I run Arcanine, it happens that the other person ends up like with a fire type as its last Pokemon. So I can just Terra-type my Terastalize my Arcanine into a run type and then one hit KO or two hit KO the other Pokemon, which is nice. Because uh, fire types are weak to ground. And the thing is, is that I help uh, uh, one of my friends over at the Pokemon community uh, to try out their team. And the Arcanine pretty much counter everything they had. Especially it's Mimikyu, because Mimikyu is usually used to control the physical uh, physical attackers. So it, and it, it runs a Thunder Wave as a speed control, which ground types are immune to. So not only Arcanine laugh in its face because it couldn't lower its, its special attack, it also left last in its face because it couldn't be paralyzed because it was uh, ground type at the moment. So those are my Pokemon adventures right now. Um, I do most of my team is still like very. Um, I'm gonna say like very competitive stuff like Among Us, which is usually used to um, make everything in the field sleep. Uh, Carvinite to sell up at Delwind, and then I have another couple of Pokemon that are Flatterman, which is probably the most used Pokemon right now. And um, Azumarill to control, um, to not control, the to counter uh, the Rhinos Pokemon that right now are very, very strong in this format. So those are, th that is about it. That's my team. Don't copy, don't copy it. If you want to use Ampharos, do copy it because it is amazing. Let's make it meta. And the other game that I've been playing, and this one I want to finish before a certain game comes out, is Fire Emblem Engage. I've completed another chapter. I think I, I unlock another um, paralogue. I got Corin's uh, emblem ring, and I got finally, 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 I got a dancer on my team. Which is amazing. I love having a dancer on my team and giving uh, another unit like a second chance to shine in that turn. Because 
uh, on this particular game. I think we haven't had it in a while. There's no gale wings. Which is kind of sad. Gale wings allows you to, after uh, killing another unit, you get to uh, move the, your, your unit again. Which is amazing, because then you can sweep the floor with the enemy if you have like very strong attackers. This game doesn't have that, but finally, a little late though, we have a dancer and I can now move again with some of my units and make uh, some very interesting stuff with them. Uh, another interesting point is that some of the um, abilities from the emblems allows you to dispel Miasma. Because in this chapter, we got introduced to Miasma, which gives, I think, was plus 20 resistance and defense to an enemy unit that is on it, and minus uh, 20 defense and resistance to the units, to your units that are standing on it. So you have to be strategic about how you place your units on this map, because they could get killed really easily. The workaround here is that some of the abilities done by the emblem, like the one that does Ike, I think, that takes like a turn to charge and then it um, hits everything around it. Sorry, there are so many mouse clicks in the background. <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, my boyfriend is like in the background using the computer. So. No, I know. I figured I was like, that's what it is. I just, I giggled a little bit because it was like, I was like, there's an intense moment going on right now. <laughs> But then you paused. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I have to explain why I giggled. <laughs> oh yeah, he's playing Howard's, Le Howard's Legacy, is it? Yeah. yeah. What is it? So, Howard's Legacy. I don't know what that is. What's Howard's Legacy? Hogwarts. Tell us, you don't know Howard's oh, Legacy? Oh, oh Hogwarts. The... I you said Howard's it Legacy. What? Well. <laughs> <laughs> you said Howard's. Oh yeah, Hogwarts. Yeah, goodbye. Oh, a legacy of Howard. We all know Howard, right? We all know Howard. Who's Howard? The Howard. I <laughs> know. Yeah, fuck that game. I'm not touching Sorry. it with a thousand um... foot ball. But anyway, <laughs> you get it. Yes, title right there. Howard's legacy. There you go. I straight up thought that's what you said. I was like, oh, I don't know that one. I'm sorry. Is pronouncing proper Um. So yeah, that's what he's playing, and I don't know what he's doing right now, but it seems to be intense because he's casting a lot of spells. <laughs> Is it a lot of spells? I don't, I'm just talking out of my ass. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Welcome to the, um, our fourth guest. Our fourth, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, that would be Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, I like the new mechanics that are being introduced, and like, ways to work around them uh, because Piansman hasn't been like ever in Fire I think. Yeah, not, not in this uh, in this format, which is like kind of cases. You usually have like pools of Piansman that do another stuff and makes your units lower in it. But anyway, your game that I'm playing in preparation for the big one is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Shocker. So, I don't know, guys, if you watch the latest Tears of the Kingdom uh, trailer, but holy crap, I really want to play it right now. And it is only like less than a month away, so I have to hurry up with Fire Moving Gauge and 
hurry up and finish my second, third, fourth. I don't remember which playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Um, but I'm stoked because, um, should I save the trailer or should I assume people didn't watch the trailer? Anyway, there's a character there that I, I swear I didn't notice that character existed in the base game, in the first game. Uh, because you only see them like if you talk to another character after finishing a portion of the game, which I didn't. So when I saw this character, it was like, hey, maybe this character is related to this other character, but I don't remember them. And then I saw them on the first game and it's like, oh, I see. And then I realized probably there's a very sizable uh, time skip because another of the characters um, is older on on the second game on on Tears of the Kingdom than it, than she was on on Breath of the Wild. So I was expecting at least a year or two of time skip, maybe three. So it's gonna be interesting. I think they said also, how long the time skip is. I remember seeing they the, said yeah. I remember seeing something on there that they they talked about how long the time skip is. I think you can look it up if you want to know. I, th I think you're spot. I think it's three because it's called Three Years of the Kingdom. God damn it, Rick. <laughs> but it is something like that. <laughs> I could be just crazy and I could have been just seeing like the speculation on it, but like I, I think it's not a secret that there's a time skip. Yeah. I mean, two of the characters are older, older. So um, the other thing is how the 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 whole oh my god can we do like a theory spot like sometime in the future um on the podcast because i have so many theories to talk about and i i need to get them out, out of my chest and i don't know there's so many stuff going on on, on the trailer that it just makes me play the game more and more like before that i was still hyped for the game but now i'm really hyped for the game if you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah um I check what I was doing on Breath of the Wild. I am currently three Divine Beasts. Um, I'm currently, uh, I've currently defeated three Divine Beasts, one more to go. And um, I only have like a hundred or something Korok seeds. I'm starting to reconsider getting to 400 of them to, to upgrade my inventory. Because that's a lot of them. Um, I do want to. Plus, how necessary uh, even is the inventory upgrade? I feel like I never was running out of space in that game. <laughs> it's true, because you're constantly breaking your weapons. Yeah. But still, I like to have variety and options in my arsenal because. I, I don't know. It's sometimes you just you just want to freeze the vocabulary to death, and sometimes you just want to make it explode. So you have to have the options available to you. And and there's always space for that single cork leaf to. By the way, oh my god! I just remember that the cork leaf can be so potentially broken, like. Because if you are like on a cliff, let's say, and you freeze the enemies right beside the cliff, you can blow them away with the girl cliff and make them fall and you won't hit KO them. 
which is the stuff that I didn't even think to experiment with in the game, but there was a YouTuber, I can't remember who, who it was because I watched so many solar tubers, but one of them did a run in which it was kind of like an astlock because they could only pick up each weapon once. Ooh. They could use unlimited arrows, but they could pick up each weapon once. And the Korokleaf was, was the MVP of that run because of how it doesn't break unless you hit something with it. But you usually just want to blow stuff away with it. So in that regard, it was uh, very useful because you could uh, either try to blow smaller things away and run away, or you could just try to freeze them, um, make them fall somewhere else that you had rather have them. Or you can just burn everything and use the curve clip to just make the fire bigger and incinerate your enemy. So there's a lot of ways you can use a color clip, which most of them I didn't even know they existed. So that was an awesome run. And after that little tangent, and not so little tangent, uh, the other two games that I've been playing are one of them I uh, I stumbled upon because one of the, I think it was Point Crow, which is a, a I want to say a speedrunner, but it's more like general gaming channel, mm -hmm. did a playthrough on The Last Number's Joy. After the first, like, five minutes of the video, I said I wanted to uh, download the game and try it out for myself. So this game is set up in some year before the automatic uh, Pokemon healing system existed. So you know that in the Pokemon games, you have this you give your Pokemon to Norcelia and in, in three seconds, she gives the Pokemon back, back to you. The thing about this game is that um, it takes place on this base on whatever Pokemon equivalent the Antarctica has. And they don't have that machine yet. So you have to manually treat the Pokemon and like try to read the books about the various illnesses that they may have and try to heal, heal them up like the old fashioned way, which, which is a very interesting theme. There's other stuff going around and that gets um, like story bits that gets unraveled as you play the game. And it is a very interesting game. Like it was totally fun made for like as by a very small team. Mm. And I don't know, it's so far so good. Like I would recommend it to anyone who likes like who wants to see the Pokemon world to through another's eyes. Like I want to play something Pokemon related, but not be like a Pokemon trainer kind of kind of deal. And I don't know, the creativity in this one is off the roof, so I recommend it. And the last one, and I don't know how much I want to talk about this on this episode, is the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, We'll probably save too much discussion of that till next week when we can uh, really can dig into it. Discussion as a for it next week. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna change 
change sorry i'm gonna save everything for next week well, because I, just, I don't want to hear anything because I, I just want to go in fresh <laughs> yeah Considering alex so hasn't short. played yet so yeah but i'm gonna play it right after this podcast promise i'm gonna be it Attaboy. it's a pinky promise yeah well <laughs> virtual pinkies <laughs> <laughs> i'll send emojis or something funny. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's all everything that i've been playing um all the runs that were attached to that so rick tell us what you've been playing uh, you can ask what i've been playing and i will answer lots and lots of video games um there's quite a few that i've got on the go and haven't really touched in the time since uh they are final fantasy 7 remake nights in the nightmare um East Origin. Uh, the other ones I've got some stuff to say about. So uh, play some more Stick of Truth. I'll be honest, I wanted to be have it finished, but Enderly's kind of sunk its claws in, and my gaming time was basically spent playing and completing that. Um, I have got to a really fun part in the uh, in the alien spaceship with the, all the anal probes and what have you, um, where <laughs> there's a, a bunch of audio logs scattered around the alien spaceship, and they're all just this guy going, I'm stuck here. Can't find a way out. I don't know why I'm recording this. I don't know who's going to find it. This is time I could be using trying to escape. Don't know what I'm doing. And then later, I've always thought audio logs were stupid. Why would someone stop and record their thoughts at a dangerous time? Just completely sending up the concept. And it, like many other moments in this game, has had me audibly chuckling or laughing. Um, the gameplay's still a little so bit thin, but it, it, it's great. There's so many moments um i've i've had a blast with it and the gameplay's gotten a little bit better i wouldn't say it's great still particularly the combat's not fantastic um but the rpg in terms of like inventory management in terms of um character customization that stuff is consistently giving me new things to toy with um and the the narrative itself drives the whole thing forward um that's nothing new. We've said that over the past few weeks, but I think it it bears repeating that this game really does have an excellent, excellent sort of commitment both to humor and to the source material. Um, I've played a bit more of Grim Grimoire. Oh, sorry, I was saying, which is pretty rare. Like, honestly, it's one of those few games I've ever played where I was like, this is consistently funny and a fun story. There's actually not a lot of games like this. There's not a lot of anything media like that, right? Like right. normally you can get one or the other, but to marry the two is is in many ways very impressive. Um, Grim Grimoire, I've played some more of. Um, I now have the collector's edition in my hands and I've copied the demo save over, so I'm playing the game proper. Um, the LE for this game, by the way, is phenomenal. Comes with like a nice two-disc soundtrack. Um, a thin but you know reasonably nice art book, some key rings, an acrylic stand, some other bits and bobs. It's a real nice package, and it helps that the game that that package comes around is also excellent. Um, they started introducing me into different sort of um, trees of uh, magic and familiars and what have you. Um, it's all ramping up in terms of complexity a little bit, but the game does a real good job so far of tutorializing all of that in a way that doesn't bog you down too much. It feels engaging still um, and gives you all the pertinent information in a, a quick and easy to pass manner. Um, it also helps that they don't um, turn off the, the fast forward option 
during those sections as well. So you can sort of skip through the bits where in an RTS you might otherwise just be waiting for um, for gathering of um, resources and stuff like that. So I like that a lot as well. Um, the art for this is incredible as well. They've clearly done a lot of work touching up the assets. Um, I don't know if it was present in the original, but the game's fully voice acted, which is nice. Um, and it's good voice acting. Um, I normally fall into more of the Alex than the Paola camp in terms of reading the text and then next line, please. Uh, but I have actually been listening to quite a lot of the, um, a lot of the VA on this one. I found myself doing the same with 13 Sentinels. So good sign. Um, what else have I played? Uh, we've been playing more of Marvel Ultimate Alliance. We're on level four on that. Um, probably finding a few more flaws in it as we go. It's still a lot of fun. Um, the story is suitably goofy. Um, the combat is engaging enough, and they do a reasonable job of balancing the story bits that are in there with combat to make it a nice loop. Um, I found the AI companions to be a little bit lacking. And particularly, we've tried to do a few of the optional sort of um, horde missions. Um, and what we found is actually our downfall has not been anything we've been doing, but it's that our allies get killed and you only get three revives per, per run. So one, you have to try and find the time around getting hit and fending off attacks to do the revive. But once you've done that, once for your two allies, you've got one revive left for the entire run. And we found ourselves getting really hamstrung by that. So some of the, the high-level raid stuff, it seems like, is only really viable with four human players, which is annoying. Um, not as annoying as the camera, which can get stuck in places and be really, really unhelpful at times. Um, the last annoyance that we've come up against so far is probably that... Um, the game is expecting to a certain degree you to use what are called synergies. So that is where um, two characters use abilities that stack and they both get boosts to those attacks. Um, it's a little bit of digging involved to even find which moves are going to synergize and then getting that synergy to happen, um, particularly the AI is not always reliable. Um, what, what you're supposed to be able to do is instead of pressing r1 or r as it is on a switch controller and using the ability if you instead press zr and use the ability um any ally that's free that can synergize will synergize found it to be a little bit patchy so far so mildly frustrating there um all of those are, are relatively small gripes in what is otherwise a pretty fun brawler though um We'll probably end up finishing this. We'll probably end up playing more of it. Uh, we have had a good time with it. Um, and again, I do like that they found a way to streamline what is otherwise a full controller um, input system so that it is viable on two Joy-Cons should you need to do that in a pinch. Um, now that we're back and we're not playing this on a plane, we have been playing with two full controllers. So it's not been as much of a thing. But I do like that they gave that consideration and they did that setting up. Um, there's also plenty of content to this game as well. We've been playing for maybe four, four and a half hours, and I don't think we're even at the halfway mark. So it's a nice, healthy length uh, for that sort of game. And then finally, because uh, I've not touched anything on East Origin, um, I have started a game that I've had for a long time and wanted to play for even longer. 
and that is Radiant Historia. I for for those who haven't heard of this game, um, it is a sort of late two thousands Atlas RPG for the Nintendo DS. Um, has some time travel elements similar to Chrono Trigger, um, and is heralded as being of that level of quality. Um, there is a three DS remaster type thing with some new content. Um, I own that, but I've elected to play the DS original first, um, mainly on the basis that I know how badly they butchered the the remaster of Strange Journey that came out at the same time um, for the same platform. So I want to experience it as it was originally first. I'm expecting to love it, and everything I've played so far of the game suggests that I will. So maybe I'll give the remaster a try in a couple of years' time, down the line sort of thing. Um Still very early days. I've only had a couple of battles and been introduced to the world and the story a little bit. Um, but I like what I've seen so far. Um, you can tell straight away the combat system's got a lot of scope for um, strategizing and experimentation. It's built around moving enemies in a three-by-three three grid um, to manipulate what they can do to you, but also to stack people for uh, combo attacks and stuff like that. Um I should also say the soundtrack. I've only heard a couple of tracks because I'm at the beginning, um, but I'd been I'd been told put proper headphones in so you can hear it in stereo. And by God, has it been worth it? The music is phenomenal, um, soaring sort of melodies and um, orchestral tracks, um, way better than the DS has got any right of being able to put out. So early signs are very very positive on this one. Um, I think that's all for me for now. Um, so shall we roll on into our... In fact, before I jump on, Radiant Historia feels like a game that at least one of you would have played. Is that right? I own it. <laughs> I haven't played it ah. yet. I know This has been on my list for like ages. Like I have such a huge mm-hmm. list of like DS, 3DS, RPG, uh, JPGs that I need to hit. And I just... It, this is one of those ones that like every time I hear about it and every time I see stuff, I'm like, fuck man i want to play that game <laughs> and i just but i always get a little nervous just from the the runtime but it's definitely one that i have like i'm kind of waiting for a time when i need to be like traveling somewhere and like just have like my ds or something with me and like de- delving into it but it's definitely on my list good and Paula shook her head for, for those yeah, of you that I, are listening. I don't have it but it is on my radar it's um cause it's, it's one of those there's a little bit of nerves around it you're almost like oh this is gonna be so great like i want to be in a good place i want to be able to truly enjoy this and yeah. Sometimes you have to say no. Like I, I want to play this now. Actually, I'd quite like to experience this amazing game. And for those who are hearing this and, and thinking, runtime is it like a, a big persona sort of beefy boy? Um, a little website called HowLongForBeat.com aggregates people's times for playing these kinds of games, and uh, it has the the sort of main plus rushed time at around about thirty one hours, um, which is normally pretty accurate to what I am doing. Um, Otherwise, story times range from sort of 35 to 45 hours. So it's a big boy. It's not the biggest boy by any means. Um, but you're right. It is definitely a time investment, yeah. um, as these games often are. It's just these days. Anyway, you know, these days now that I've got the Steam Deck and stuff too, you know what I mean? Like my, my uh, handheld gaming has kind of... I'm spoiled for choice, put it that way. Not complaining. It's, for choice, I'm very for sure. fortunate. Um, but it's just one of those deals where I'm like, ooh, I've got so many games. It is a game that and I do play intend date. to play, though. The poor play date has been all but abandoned and forgotten. Well, no, I'm waiting for you. 
Trust me, I won't play that ah, damn thing. Once you, you get the okay. payday, I'm okay. all over that shit again. Trust me, I love That's that fine. thing. You, you know, reverse it back to me. Yeah, <laughs> There's a catalog on. coming as well, or it's, it's already, already here. So yeah, um, you should have two free games from that as well, which is cool. Yeah. Um, listen, I I love the play date. Like I had a blast when I was playing it when it, when I first got it, but then I just started to realize that it was like, you know what? I'm not talking about these games on the podcast, so it's like there's no point. I'm like, I'll just wait because mm-hmm. then we can just talk about them fully. Um, yeah. and uh and have a good time with them and i'm actually excited it's, to revisit some of the older ones too mine should be coming soon i mean i'm i'm in group four which is the group that in theory is currently shipping but i've heard squat about confirming address or anything like that so i I'm think just... it should be good because they've been they've been very like they haven't hit any problems from what i understand like i think they've just been they've just been constantly going since they first started shipping them I'm just, uh, I'm just sat here going like, come on, come on. Um, anyway, no playdate chat. Let's move on to our topic. Um, and Alex, why don't you introduce this one? Because I didn't know that this was even a thing until it literally just about happened. Half an hour before we start recording, yeah, yeah. So uh, as you know, there are collections on Yield How Long to Beat, a little new feature where you can make some stuff. And uh, RTG two nineteen ninety nine. Uh, posted he's been and he's been doing this for multiple users but uh, he did like um, like thoughts lists like um, games that make him think of individuals and he's done one for each of us he did Paolo first then he's uh, done me and Rick as well um, and so oh, Rick and I and so um, I thought it'd be fun if we just talk through what his lists are and like what he picked for us um, and if there's anything that we think we should add to these lists or if anything's off um, so why don't we just go, why don't we just go through these like one at a time? And you know, if you're listening, we'll have linked these in the, the, the description here so you can, uh, you can follow along <laughs> uh, and check out the shit that we've got. I thought uh, very funnily, the first one that he's got on my list is uh, 1812, the invasion of Canada. And it just says Alex was here. I'm like, yes, accurate. <laughs> at least my ancestors definitely were here for this. Um, so you know what? <laughs> I remember it like wrong. it was 1812. Yeah, although we definitely weren't fighting for the British because we're Scottish and Irish, so we were like, fuck the Brits! <laughs> but, that's, but we love you, Rick. <laughs> and we love the people, just not the government, that's all. Um, though, is anyone liking the British government these days? I don't think anyone is. <laughs> that's a whole other minefield. There is a PR problem, I think, to put it mildly. Yeah, to put it mildly. That is, you know what, that's a great way. We can leave it at that. That is definitely an issue that is going on. <laughs> although, isn't there a coronation coming up soon? There is, to, to the extent that anyone cares. I yeah, mean, I I'll, I'll be honest, I'm going to a barbecue that day, not because we'll be celebrating, but because it's a day that everyone's going to be off. That's what I That's what I figured, right? Isn't it a day where Brits can just get drunk? <laughs> I, I mean, I've had to book the time off because I was actually supposed to be doing some work that day. But, uh, uh, okay, but everyone else... It, most people, it, it, it's a weekend day. Most people are going to be off anyway. Yeah. Listen, you know, I, I, I can uh, poo-poo and stuff on monarchies and whatnot, but... May 22nd, Queen Victoria Day. That's my birthday, and I got the day off. So I'm like, that old monarch's okay, I guess. <laughs> oh. The old long dead one. Anyway, um, all that to say, 1812. Yeah. Well done, R2D2. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we just go across? You, you, we'll just list each of them out here and see what we got. Yeah, I think we read our own list. I think that's the way to do it. And I think Paula's seen hers, but Alex and I are basically going in blind. Yeah. So, Rick, what was the first one that he picked for you? 
Oh, we're going one, 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 one. Right, okay. Yeah, why um, not? So the, fir- the first one for me is... Uh, do you want to have three guesses what the first one for me is? <laughs> do I need three guesses or do I need 13? <laughs> ah! Yeah, there you go. And uh, <laughs> the comment is, these really are the 13 Sentinels. He's not wrong. I mean, they really, really are. That's so They funny. are. What about yeah. you, Paolo? What are you going I, I think really the, the Sentinels truly were the friends we made along the way. They truly were. They truly were. We really touched flesh with those ones. But all right, let's keep going. <laughs> what For do you me, go? the first one is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Classic. Don't forget to buy turnips, which, damn it, I forget today. <laughs> we're recording this after the turnip closure hours. Oh, no good. Well, then I'm uh, number two. I thought this one was kind of funny. <laughs> one of the Xbox Live Arcade games, Battle Block Theater, which he just says this is his job. Which, yeah, theater is my job, as well as fucking it was. teacher. Yeah, um, not as much these days, but certainly is now. I mean, I don't know. You could uh, you could sub that in with bully, maybe, and I guess that's my job now, <laughs> not being a bully, wow. but working in those schools. No, I'm a pushover. My God, my students all know I'm a pushover. Um, <laughs> Look at me. Uh, listen to me, right? I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, they, they do what I say enough, but they also know that I don't have really a, a mean bone in my body as much as I would like to pretend that I am a big disciplinarian. I am not. <laughs> so I can't teach junior high. Those motherfuckers would walk all over me. <laughs> what about now, you? I, my next one is Among Us, and the comment is Rick is the imposter. <laughs> I feel like there's so, a side to that. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what impression I've left there. That's you're the imposter, mm. Rick. <laughs> or I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're sneaky. Nah. We'll have to see if if uh, RTG's got an explanation for that one. Maybe maybe there's something to it. Be better. Maybe he knows something we don't know. <laughs> oh, Paolo, what's f- your number two? Well, the next one is Avatar: The Last Airbender. And it says, I don't know, I just feel like she'd like the show. And to be honest, uh, I've been recommended the show many, many times, but I never watched it. Oh, you finally so... need to watch it. It's so good. What? I, I, I need to watch it as well. I think Alex said it's so cool. I've only seen like a couple of half episodes when it was like airing on TV, but it's all on Netflix. So like, yeah, there is no barrier to entry. Like, that is totally doable. It's super good. Eventually. You you do have to like keep in mind that when it starts, it it's a little bit like, um, you know, it starts off m- like a little more childy ish. Still great, but mm-hmm. it definitely like because this is a show that's all about character arcs. So like it very much they go places and they really change, and so they have to start kind of in this very sort of innocent area. But uh, anyway, I, don't, I won't say anymore. You should watch it. Mm. And Paolo, uh, what's your right? This does seem like it's up your alley. Oh, this motherfucker. Um, okay. <laughs> Number four is E.T. the Extraterrestrial Escape from Planet Earth with a Game Boy Color, which is his favorite Game Boy game. Amazing. Yeah, it was the Game Boy Advance one he... that I played, but definitely not this one. <laughs> they had a Game Boy game. I mean, I suppose it makes sense. Yeah, you recommended me the stupid Game Boy Advance one, which maybe that was the one that they're thinking of with this one here. But uh, You're welcome. Yeah, I, I just had uh, blowjob E.T. flashbacks. Um, which if no one knows what that means you gotta go back and listen to the episode and then you'll know exactly if you what know, that is you know. yeah if you know if you, you don't know. 
Well, yeah. You blow, you blow. Uh, if right, they ahead. ever can find the episode, because I don't remember which one was it. Yeah, I know. You'll have to really look into the depths for that one, but it's back there somewhere. It's in it's 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 in the first 100 episodes. <laughs> so my... Uh, Rick, what about you? That's, that's uh, my next one is Box Boy. Great game. Rest in peace. Um, and the comment there is, I feel like Rick would use this name as an insult. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, actually. I can see that, too, actually. Man, I want to use that as an insult. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Keep that in my back pocket. That's fun. I like that. Yeah. Uh, go on, Alec, what's numero toi for you? Uh, Battle Cats. I think she go to war for cats. Oh, I saw Which, that comment yeah. when you read it. That's fun. And, yeah, uh, that's that game, 100% accurate. And that game has a nice 6.9 out of 10 rating. Are they nice. 2D2's ratings or are they just like global ratings? I think it's global because uh, I got no yes, rating for 1812 or for ET Dexter because there are no times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It is global rating. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. What uh, do I got for no, numero... Quattro here. Madagascar. He just says he is a lion. I mean, Alex is a lion in that one, so I suppose that's oh, that. Of course he is. Okay. Is the name of it. Yeah, I actually forgot that was the name of the lion. I am a lion. Yes, absolutely. I don't have my beard anymore, though, so uh, I'm a little less liony now. Shot uh, a little bit of shadow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got shadow. I mean, that's always there. That's just, I can't get rid of it. If I shave, it's back by the afternoon. Um, my hair grows in and I know that sounds like a joke but it's actually true throughout the day I will develop stubble and it is a fucking nightmare I never shave because there's no reason to yeah right it's just silly it's just silly so I just have a razor that I go through anyway that's good I am a lion I am a lion speaking of silly my next game is daddish uh, Rick would be a great daddish probably maybe <laughs> also the <I'm>... dad-ish <laughs> <laughs> i'm still playing daily dadish by the way like it is still great and every day there is a new funny dad pun thing nice. at the end of the level one day and it's nice because honey dad <laughs> i i think i'm pretty wonderful already god damn it there it is see <laughs> folks see <laughs> Alan, give me an out what's your next game go realize guardian of braver she recommended this game because i think she likes it You'd be very much correct. I really like this game. <laughs> and I'm actually planning around a, a series of videos and return to YouTube just for this game. But that is still, uh, that project is still in diapers. <laughs> nice. Um, well, my next one, actually, this one's kind of interesting. Um, so they've said uh, Minecraft. And it just says, Alex is probably a Minecraft guy, which... Surprisingly, no, but, but I was when it, hmm, I played it when it first came out. So I played like the original uh, Minecraft and I did enjoy it enough, but you know what it is? I think he's right that I am a Minecraft guy in the sense that when I was young, I was a hardcore Lego kid, like big time Lego kid. So I played the shit of Lego. So if Minecraft was out when I was a child, I would have lost my life to Minecraft. Guaranteed. Like, guaranteed. I'm just a little too, like, I was already a bit too past it. And Minecraft also wasn't what it is today when uh, I started playing it, you know? Like, it was only the survival element. There was no, like, 
you know, free build stuff or whatever. It was, it was solely the survival game. And so I definitely played it with some friends. Uh, actually, I don't even think we could play it together at that point. It was just like on the Xbox or something. I don't remember. It was on whatever the first one, uh, the first, the first stuff that it was released on is what I played it on. Um, so yeah, God, that makes me feel old thinking like, yeah, I remember when Minecraft came out. I tell kids, like, I remember I played Minecraft when I started the high school. It was like, what? Like, that's just been out forever. And I'm like, you freaking child. <laughs> so anyway, that's a good call. Uh, Rick, what about you? What's your, uh, your other one? So hilariously, my next pick is England Exchange. With the comment, I think Rick lives here. <laughs> um, you think right, R2-D2. But interestingly, I'd never heard of this game. It is like a, a dirty visual novel with a very not great rating on Steam. Nice. So, so clearly you got to give that one a try. <laughs> I, I feel I'm somewhat obligated to, but do I want to pay £12.79 for a game that is really not reviewed that well at all? Possibly not. Wow, talk about not. missing the opportunity to rate it twelve sixty nine. Like, come on. How dare they? <laughs> <laughs> and it's a dirty Make game. Make more money required. Huh? Charge four hundred twenty pounds and sixty nine pence for it. Do it that way. There you go. <laughs> Pala, you're up. Uh, color malice. No malice towards this game, right? Eh, eh. <laughs> that is literally lit the comment with the eh at the end. Alex. So, yeah, Alex. Okay, I <laughs> I had ten dogs. He has a dog. This is so true. <laughs> I also played the shit out of this game. Uh, when I was a kid, man, I played I played so much Nintendo Dogs. Like, mm. I loved it. Though I had the Nintendo Dogs with the Golden Retriever on the front. Um, this one that they put here is the Dalmatians one. I think so. It's mad that they managed to do a Pokemon Plus and have three different versions, and no one batted an eyelid. Yeah, it's insane. Because it was it was only what kids who were playing that shit, right? Like, you realize that it's like eh, maybe a few adults too, but like honestly, it was mostly like. That was like marketed directly at like, hey children, you want the DS? Play with dogs. And everyone was like, yes, I will play with dogs. The AI is stupid as shit, but I can't tell. <laughs> hey parents, don't want to buy your kid a pet for just a hundred pounds and 30 pounds for the game? You can not have to. Yeah, here you go. All right, Rick, hit us. Uh, ooh, my next one is a game called Flat Heroes. Uh, Rick probably lives in a flat. I did, but I don't anymore. Uh. And... Amusingly, this is a game I have on PS4. I haven't got around to playing it yet, but it was like on sale for a quid. So it's one that is actually in my backlog. Nice. Yeah. Paolo, you're Spackus. It's Fire, Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valencia. Good taste in Fire Emblems. I'll back that up. That's a good Fire Emblem. Yep. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, skimming ahead. <laughs> I'm looking through the rest of your list, Alex, and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm very proud of some of these. These are great. I like uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is my next one. It just says his persona. That's true. This is me. I mean, it's my face on freaking How Long to Beat. And also, I relate a lot to Phoenix. <laughs> Although some days uh, I feel more like Larry Butts, but that's fine. My next pick, somewhat controversially, is apparently the only DS game I need. Uh, and that's Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. So that's ignoring all the Egovanias. That's ignoring the Chrono Trigger port. It's ignoring the world ends with you. I think we've discovered the first point at which R2-D2's dropped the ball a little bit, really. 
Though, I mean, that depends. What one's your favorite of all? My favorite DS game of all? Probably Shin Megami Tensei Strange Journey. Ah, that's fair. It's always the, it's always it's the also SMT. It's that in the world ends with you, but I think SNT takes it. God, I wish I played a, a world ends with you when I was 14. I really it, do. They're both absolutely phenomenal games. I still need to go and play Neo. I have that disc on my shelf, and I've just not made the time yet. The new I feel one. like everyone forgot that game happened. It just sort of was there, and then it wasn't. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it has the same culture cachet as it had when it came out on the DS. Um, Makes me very sad. It sounds like it's just as good, but anyway. What do you got, Paula? Mm. I got logistical Chile. This is a country. Yes, it is a very long country in the at the end of the world, pretty much. Nice. Also, okay, I'm I'm gonna throw a bit of shade at RTD2 for this one. Freaking put Pong on mine and says Alex's childhood. How old do you think I am? Yeah, there you go. That was Alex's twenties. My 20s, yeah, right. Uh, Pong, my childhood. Give me a break. My childhood was Pokemon Red. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, you know, it's funny. I don't even know if I've played the original Pong. I actually don't think I have. I think I've played Pong iterations in some form or, or another, but I don't think I've ever actually played, like, just Pong Pong, you know? Um, God, have I ever actually... I don't think I've ever played Pong. I better fix that. <laughs> Get up my, uh, my arcade stick and play it that way. Oh, I gotta get that arcade stick out again. I wish I'd start playing more arcade games. I have too many. I have too many things to play games on. This is a this is a third, a first world problem right now. What do I play so, my games on? Go ahead, Rick. <laughs> my next game is Lawn Mowing Simulator. Uh, apparently, my quote actual favorite game. Um, I just want to read you the synopsis for this one, rather than comment on that. Experience the beauty and detail of mowing the great British countryside in Lawn Mowing Simulator, <laughs> the only simulator that allows you to ride an authentic and expansive roster of real-world licensed lawnmowers from prestigious manufacturers, Toro, Skag, and Stiga, as you manage your mowing business. Oh, we all know Stiga is the champ. Mm, I'm Team Toro. Are you? Okay, good. Really, I'm John Deere, but I guess that's just not in Great Britain. <laughs> That's that's a whole other can of worms. Let's not go there. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about lawnmowers. I do think that's funny though. They say this like it's some kind of like win, where it's like the only one where you could do that. Duh! There's no other lawnmower simulators. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's actually a good game. I mean, it probably is if if that's what you want. It's like power washing, isn't it? It's just one of those. Yeah, Paula, what do you hit us? What do you got? Uh, my next game is Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney Trilogy. Damn right. She's a lawyer. She, she's also a lawyer, I think. No, I'm actually a computer science engineer, but what's the difference? In training. <laughs> and but uh, I do play Devil's Advocate a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you play, although I don't even know if you're the Devil's Advocate or I am at this point, but <laughs> you're definitely going against me. Um. Nice. Okay, my next one is Resident Evil Village, and it says, "Is this his type?" Uh, question mark. Which I assume I know what he's talking about. There, I actually at first did not realize. But when he says, "Is this his type?" I'm assuming he's talking about Lady Dimitrescu. Which, yeah, definitely. Not really, but she's she's gorgeous, but not my type. <laughs> but that game is my type, big time. I fucking hmm. love that game. That game is the bomb. Um, 
Resident Evil in general. Rick, hit us. Right. Next one for me is Monster Prom. Comment, I bet he went for the ghost girl first. Damn right I went for Polly first. <laughs> That's the only right answer. That is the only right answer. It's, to be fair, I, I did kind of have a thing for... Ah, oh, what was... um With the snakes in her hair. Mira. Mira. That's the one. Yeah. Medusa lady. Soft spot, but she's no Polly. No. Uh, Pala. Before I get too steamy. Pick Girls S2. I swear she played one of those Pick Girls games. I played every single Pick Girls game on the 3DS. I haven't played Pick Girls S2. I'm yet to get to that. Damn right. E ones on the Switch, aren't they? No, it's S on Switch. I think I've played every Pick Girls game that has ever come out. <laughs> That's why you started looking at those. Um, Knock off shit. To yeah, yeah. I'm like, I need my pick cross fix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next one is Rome Total War Alexander. Alex took a trip to Rome one time. You know what's funny? I have taken a trip to Rome one time. <laughs> so uh, not just as Alexander the Great, but uh, just in general, I have uh, I have been to Rome. So this is accurate on multiple fronts. Hmm. Uh, next one for me is a game from 1986 for. It says seven platforms. Um, but the comment is Rick. Hence Ninja Rick. That's smart. I like that. Wait, what was oh, wow. the name Ninja of the game is again? a side Ninja. Ninja. Oh, it's just Ninja. It's a side okay. game. So it was like a, a really, really old arcade game by the looks of it. <laughs> then Oh, RTD do got a little bit cheeky here. Pokemon Sword and Teal. Your favorite Pokemon game? <laughs> Second. Um, I just I just saw like, yeah, that, like, face that make me that made me laugh when I first uh, read the list. This one made me laugh and is also I swear to God if I if I ever find you R two D two. So this one says uh, <laughs> it's simple story Alex and uh, it says um, probably his biography. But I'm gonna read you the description of this game, which by the way it's got a. 32% rating. It says, it's a short interactive story about Alex, an ordinary loser. He lives a dull life full of alcohol and misery, but deep in his soul, he always wanted to be a hero. One day, then he leaves his house. Alex accidentally teleported in Mystery Temple. Temple, the exit from which you should find. And I didn't change any of that. That's the spelling of it. So I guess I'm a, it's from a, seems to be a, maybe a Russian publisher. It's, it's in Cyrillic. So I don't know what it means, but... Oh god, it looks terrible. The reviews are all okay. Most of the, some of the reviews are in Russian. Um, <laughs> the reviews are bad. There's a lot of spelling mistakes. So yeah, yeah, that sounds like my biography, really. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but I did once upon a time. Yeah, <laughs> I remember you telling us about that time from Exit Temple, the exit which you should find. Yes, I did have to Exit Temple, uh, which I should find. Did I did not find. But I should find. <laughs> Go ahead, Rick. And my next one is a game I have completed. Uh, Pokemon Picross. Um, Rick loves Pokemon is the caption. Uh, I don't, but I do love Picross. Mm. And uh, Pokemon Picross is actually surprisingly good on the 3DS. Mm. That's all. Pala. <laughs> Please. Um, one game that has shown up in this uh, episode... The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, 100%, 100% thing all the time. 
Yeah, pretty much. All of Alex. the time. All right, I've got my last one here. I've got Yakuza Like a Dragon. It just says Alex loves being a gangster. Damn right I do. <laughs> Yakuza is my lifeblood. I love these fucking things. I have them now. I can play them on my Steam Deck, and I am very excited. Hmm. Uh, my next one is uh, Puzzle. This is a, shockingly, a puzzle game uh, from 1990, like a NES game. Uh, the caption is, he never finishes. And it's true, I rarely finish puzzle games. It's just how I roll. Uh, right, Paolo, it looks like we're going back to back to back on these now. Yeah, I'm all done. Yeah. The Land of Zelda, Majora's Mask. Good taste in Zelda. Damn right, uh, my favorite game of all time. Rick. Is a good grandpa is the caption for Rick and Morty, virtual Rickality. Um, well, that was game. Yeah, fair. Then what lies in the multiverse? Here, friends game. And you should play it too. Accurate. Um, next one for me is Ricochet. <laughs> Christ's sakes. Uh, the caption says Ricochet. Get it? <laughs> I'll make another pun again. Um, and to be fair, I don't see any extra puns in the rest of my list. So, so far, so good. Bala. Um, and this is the last one for me. It is Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I forgot what she said about this, but I agree. <laughs> what did you say about this? I probably said something among the lines that I really love this game. Uh, and I like really like the combat because of how you have to mix and match like the elements to... And, oh, yeah, and the mechanics of... I think it was like double... I even, I forgot the mechanic. Sorry, but there was like a, a chain of uh, of attacks that you could do to mobilize the enemy and like get a lot of damage uh, onto that enemy. And uh, it like trying to to find all those combinations like just uh just was very fun for me. And trying to break the game is very fun for me. But the other thing that was very fun for me and it was probably the reason why I stopped playing it uh, because it was dangerously like. Way, way too fun was trying to get like all the all the blades and for that i had to use that double something something mechanic on uh, enemies that i got like from diving skydiving scuba diving like however you fuck the fuck you want to call it and getting like the treasures and then you you get an enemy alongside the treasures and then you have to use this mechanic to make them drop like the those sword crystals that you get to like roll for a blade, and that is pretty much a gacha game. So I played this I... game, and this sounds like fucking nonsense to me. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about? I didn't do any of that shit." Oh my god, what is this? <laughs> it is something you can miss, and it is told to you like at the twenty-hour mark um, that you could use the like secondary effect of some of the attacks to immobilize your enemies and there on. was like very specific <laughs> yeah there were like very specific sequences of uh, of these actions that you have to do to make the most out of it and then like do like an elemental explosion and make a lot of damage and uh. it was a lot of fun i probably have to go back and replay the entire game because I think I got like halfway through and then got lost into Gacha Hill, which, by the way, what oh. was the like 
Rick just made a very like, oh my god, face, and yeah, Alex is just. Oh, you got halfway through, you're like, I'm just gonna have to start it again. Oh, that's painful. That's like two days worth of game time. Just no way, no way, Jose. Fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that shit so hard. I'm the kind of person that would do that anyway. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right, that's, got, that's my got, story. Which I know we're gonna go. Let's go ahead, Rick. Three more games to to close this out. Uh, first one is Rocket League. This is how he drives. Uh, let it be known for the record, I'm a very safe driver outside of video games. Uh, in Rocket League, I'm a fiend. Um, and then we've got the first episode of season three of Sam and Max at uh, the Devil's Playhouse. Uh, he's in it. Certainly am. And <laughs> the last game, uh, a gem, the swapper for multiple platforms, including Vita. Uh, one of the Rick essentials. Very true. I, would say I play no this Rick basically essential. every year. It's, it is an essential game for anyone, not just a Rick. Um, and that brings us to the end of all of our collections. Uh, so shout out to R2D2 for, for taking the time and the effort to, to throw those together. Uh, I hope this has made it worth it. Um, what collections have you, lovely listeners, made, want us to sort of see, seen that you've enjoyed? Uh, let us know in the comments right below the like button. We should make one for each other at some point because this is uh, pretty fun. Yeah. Not a bad idea, actually. Right. Ooh. Watch this space. Watch this space. Um, sick. Well, now it's time for... How long to beat the game? Uh, well, I won, so why don't I start? The host is the most, is Alex. Yeah. You certainly are. So let's see here. While you're finding a game, it's probably a good time to refresh people on the format. So the way let's how long to beat that. the game works, each week we will have a host, that's Alex. We'll have two contestants, that's me and Paola. Uh, Alex is going to randomize a game. Um, we are going to have to guess blind. Um, the times we think for main, main plus 100%. Um, whoever gets closest to each of those times gets a point each. And then there's an additional two points up for grabs based on the dealer's choice question. Uh, Alex is going to ask us a random question about the, um, the game page on the website for that game. Whoever gets closest to the right answer gets two more points. Total of five points each up for grabs. Um, and after a few rounds and game weeks of this, Whoever wins gets to pick the next game that we all have to play. Current game being Moonscars, um, and there's another game to be picked by Alex for us to play between that and whoever gets the pick eventually after winning this run of the game. All right. Alex, what's, what's our one? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, oh, God, there's a grin on his face. I'm worried now. It's actually, I think this is a neat one. So the uh, game you're playing is Super Mario Maker 2. Ooh. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a document. It's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of questions for this one, and I will tell you, all the times are blue. So okay, a lot of responses for this one. Um, for the bonus okay. one, I actually think this is an interesting one. So here's what we're gonna do. I want you to tell me what the the genres are on this one. I'm going to tell you that there are two genres, okay, on how long to beat for this. I'm going to say, give me three, and if anyone gets all of them, you get the point. If you get one, good, close enough. I'll give two points to someone. So no one will get no points for this. If you're close, 
ish to it will deliberate. But I just want to try this because I think it could be interesting. So there's two genres on it. Um, give me three that you think could be possible. That gives you a little wiggle room. Okay. And it's the how long to beat genres on here. So could change things. You never know. Did either of you play Mario Maker 2? I oh, feel like I played a lot did. of this. Yeah, I well, played the hell out of the first one. Is there a campaign to speak of, or is it all user-generated content? No, nope, there's plenty of stuff in this. There may even be multiple things in this. Um, I played this a lot because I played this with um, my. I was doing the Big Brothers, uh, the like Big Brothers Big Sisters um, program, um, and the little fella that I was with, he was in an elementary school. And so whenever we finished his homework, uh, I'd bring up my Switch and uh, he would make little levels for me to play. Um, and it was super adorable. And he was really creative and so much better than I love it be. <laughs> hmm. And this is the one where I played the... Uh, remember that like Super Mario Brothers 5 got released on this? That guy who made like an entire... Yes. Uh, ...sequel? I knew you talked about it for something. Yeah, so that one I talked about recently. Right, my times are in. Okay. Um, I'm still thinking about my times. Sure. Give me a little bit. And you got your uh, other things in there too. Let's see. Mm-hmm, saw that. Good. I'm just skimming through R2-D2's other collections while I'm waiting. Um... There is a collection for 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And as you'd imagine, there is only one game in there. I kind of approve of that. I think it's the only list you ever need. <laughs> yeah, you definitely love that game. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Well, if you play it in the heat wave, you won't like it. <laughs> sure. I imagine if you do anything on a hit where you kind of like don't like it unless it's like staying it's on, on a pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or sitting in a bathtub playing Pokemon Prism. I did actually like that a lot. Uh... For anyone listening, there is a, 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 a list of all the games that we have mentioned or discussed in the podcast. I'm mm -hmm. assuming that's been kept up to date. As it stands, there are 1,108 games in there. That's pretty which crazy. Is kind of crazy. We talk about a lot of games, you know, a lot of old Certainly games do. and some new games, but we, we're we all over the place in our playing. All over the place. I like to think it's one of the things people stay for. Hopefully. Hopefully. The variety. We certainly got variety. Paula. <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> okay, here we go. I've got it all now. So um, let's see. We've got four main story. Paula has said seven and a half hours. Rick has said six hours. It is seven and a half hours. Paula is spot on. Means uno point to Paula for that one. Um, let's see here. When it comes to main uh, plus, Rick has said 11 hours. Paula has said 30 hours and 30 minutes. The time is 14 and a half hours. So that one big time goes to Rick. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Next up. I'm going to put that point on there. There we go. Next up, we've got um, 100%. So Paula said 150 hours and 30 minutes. 
And uh, Rick has said 19 hours. And would you believe it? It's 18 hours. You said I there would be five minutes shorter. Not everyone goes mad on that game. And the people that do it, the people who are making rather than playing. Exactly. And technically, to complete this game, there's not actually that much that you have to do, right? Because all that other stuff is like multiplayer. Um, when you think about it, right? It's like downloads. So, and yeah. so I think people, when they when they write this in, they count it as more like, um, you know, like playing the actual game stuff. So it's actually not that uh, high of a uh, rating here. Now, in terms of uh, the categories, the genres, what we got here is Rick has said platformer, side-scrolling, and action. And Paola has said platforming, sandbox, and puzzle. These are both very interesting and good ones here. Um, but the genres are platforming so far so good and side which is side scrolling so this one's gonna go to rick you got them both there those are the only two ones there side and platforming it is interesting i'm surprised there isn't something like you know sandbox or uh or creation or something you know it seems like that might be a, a platform that uh could be included in there but then again i don't really know how to uh how to label this articulate it yeah yeah because it's not you know, it's almost like a tool over a full game, but they have a full game in there more than the first one did. So um, mm. with that being said, that leaves um, our first, oh wait, whoops, because Rick got that one. That leaves this first round, Rick at four and Paula's at one. Um, so pretty good start for Rick uh, coming out the gate there. Um, though not an insurmountable lead for sure. Um, definitely, uh, early days. definitely early, early days in this one here. So that's it for this week's episode of the How Long to Beat podcast. Um, tune in next week for more shenanigans when we talk about who murdered Sonic the Hedgehog. Who did it? Mm. Was it you? I know. I know. You do know. I'll know soon. That is all. Good night, folks. Bye, guys.